The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have announced their preseason schedule and some fun joint practices to go along with it. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this Friday episode of Locked on Bucks, your daily podcast covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked on Bucks your first listen or view every single day. And don't forget, you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And make sure that you're following us on Twitter. I am James Yarko at JYarko underscore Bucks. Reunited with my co-host, Mr. David Harrison at DHarrison82. We are your hosts of Locked on Bucks, credentialed members of the media covering your beloved Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm the deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. David is a staff writer over at BucksGameDay.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the Bucks. And we are here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And as always, we want to thank you and show you our appreciation for your continued support of this little show of ours. On today's episode of Locked on Bucks, we're discussing another injury to wide receiver Russell Gage and comments made recently by a former Tampa Bay Buccaneers player. But first, James, we talking about practice. We talking about practice. We talking about practice. We talking about practice. We I did not know that was on a loop. Please edit some of those out. Absolutely not. I'm here for every single one of the Allen Iverson. Not a game. Not a game. Not the game that I live and die for. We talking, talking about, about practice, practice, man. We talking about practice. I the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have officially announced their preseason schedule. In addition to the games, we have some joint practices. The Bucs will host the Pittsburgh Steelers on Friday, August 11th. They will travel to the New York Jets for a game Saturday, August 19th. And then they will end things hosting the Baltimore Ravens on Saturday, August 26th. The last two seasons, the Bucs have hosted joint practices. One more time because it's new enough and not annoying yet. We're talking about practice. With the Titans and with the Dolphins. Last time this episode, I promise. This year, they'll be the guest team joining the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers for a few joint sessions. Real quick, interesting fun fact. Some Bucks fans hate when I mention that I cover the Commanders on this show, but they might be interested to know that myself and former Arizona State tight end Curtis Hodges, who is on the Washington Commanders roster, spent uh, some time after practice on Wednesday talking about Rashad White. So I'm talking Bucks at Commanders practice. Just, I don't know. I thought maybe some Bucks fans might appreciate that fact and Curtis uh, has been talking to Rashad super excited about what he's done already and thinks that Rashad is in for a very big season this year as well so I don't know for yeah. what it's worth and you know our our listeners our viewers they never know when a former commander is going to end up being a buccaneer and who better to talk about that what that player brings than you and on the flip side you never know when a buccaneer might become a commander and then already mm -hmm. you're like I know all about this guy I got this covered it's a beautiful thing but I'm not going to lie. Back when Levante David was 100% leaving the team, I was like, please <laughs> let him, please let him come to the commanders. But anyway, that's yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. He's still a buck, obviously. But if he didn't, 
if he wasn't going to be a buck, I was I was like, man, please let this dude come to Washington. Oh, that that would have been that would have been a lot of fun. But I do have some thoughts about these joint practices because it, although it was fun for the Bucks to host it the last couple times, you and I were there for for Dolphins Week uh, last season. Got to got to watch Tyreek and got to watch Tua and and um, you know we we had a lot of fun at at those practices. But this time. I, I think the Jets are actually the perfect team for the Bucs to do joint practices with. And it, they're the perfect team for a couple of reasons. You have two teams now where they're going to have a brand new starting quarterback this season. The Bucs in, in Baker or Trask, and then obviously the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. But not only that, Having Baker and Kyle Trask, and one thing that I do want to see, if, if it's still a competition at that point, I want both of them to get the opportunity to lead the ones against the Jets once. I want to see Baker try to get the ball to Mike or Chris against Sauce Gardner. I want to see Rashad White having to run through a pretty formidable front seven for the New York Jets. The, this, this matchup, between these two, I think can elevate players, and I think it can also expose players. And yeah. I, I legit, as, as soon as I heard that it was the joint practices with the Jets, I could not have been happier because of what it's going to do for for both of these teams. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, just talking about the coaching matchup, Robert Sala, Todd Bowles, like these are two of the best defensive minds in the game today. I'm a big Robert Sala fan. Uh, I know this isn't locked on Jets, so forgive me. But look, the man the man knows what he's doing, right? And this team has built a very solid roster on paper. And, and again, paper matters only so much. But this is the New York Jets are the fourth. They were the fourth best scoring defense last year. I had to look that up just to make sure. But that's the defense that you're now putting your offense against. against. And again, the value of joint practices the coaches will say it. The players will say it. Like with James, when we talked about all these players walking off the field after the Miami Dolphins joint practices, like to a man, they all said some form of it's really good to go out there and practice against a team that doesn't care about you. Like that's it's it's kind of a weird thing to hear someone say, but at the same time, it's very very true. Like you know when you're when you're Jamel Dean lined up against Chris Godwin, like you don't want Chris Godwin to get re-injured. You don't want Chris Godwin to look foolish. You don't want Chris Godwin's confidence to wane, right? So does that make you not practice hard at all? No, you're still a competitor, right? But there is a part of you that doesn't want this dude across from you to fail, which is just naturally, you know, by human nature, going to make you play just a little bit less, uh, you know, less, less difficult. Now, there are still rules, right? There are still rules and like you're not supposed to be like laying dudes out and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, you're going to get a much harder competition when you're going up against another team. And the the biggest part that Bruce Arians always loved when he was the head coach about these joint practices is you actually get to run your systems. Like you actually get to run your defense, run your offense, because guess what? You're not going to see the New York Jets for the next 18 weeks. And if you see them again after that, it's going to be in the Super Bowl. And what you did in July, August timeframe and what you're going to do in February Maybe not completely different, but you know what, man? Like, honestly, if we do the Super Bowl and you know a few of my tricks, I'm okay with that. Like, I, I'm good with that because you also have 20 plus weeks of film to study on me, right? And right. 
Like, like that's that's something I'm willing to risk is that, hey, we'll both be in the Super Bowl. That's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? Like, nobody's ever going to say, like, oh, Todd Bowles needs to be fired because how dare you do joint practices with the team that you end up facing the Super Bowl? Nah, man. Like, that's not going to be the narrative next February if, th- if that's what happens. You know what I mean? So I absolutely love it. And, yeah, Baker against Sauce, Kyle against Sauce. Like, I don't care who the quarterback is. Like, like bring Blaine Gabbert back. I don't know if he's been released yet by the team that signed him. Like, if you're going up against this defense, it's just it's it, there's nothing there's there's almost not a better team in the NFL right now that you can think of to have this Buccaneers squad go up against because uh, uh they, they just they present everything that you need your team to work on. Uh so yeah, so I so I applaud it. Um I'm I'm all for it and I already told you this pre-recording. It kind of has me pausing a little bit on my training camp plans, but you know Commanders have joint practices with the Ravens. I've got to be there for that. So it kind of is what it is. But man, if I could go to New York to watch those joint practices, that would be that would be uh, something that I would love to jump on. Oh yeah, no no doubt about it. You get to go watch, you know, Rogers and 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 Sauce like we talked about, and your guy Garrett Wilson be out there, and uh, you know the rest of all of the Packers that came with Aaron Rodgers. So I, I can't even remember who all went with. It was like Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard, Alan Lazard and, and Randall Cobb. Yeah. No, uh, it'd be great to see Alan Lazard running routes and catching passes. Randall Cobb. I mean, I'm sure, you know, drinking Gatorade or something. I don't know what he'll be doing out there. Uh, he'll, he'll be like the, the wise old grandpa sitting on the bench, telling stories of back in my uh, day. They might as well make that dude inactive and just make him an assistant coach. I don't know. Like, <laughs> No offense. I mean, I don't know. I'm not trying to make two dishes. But anyway, uh, speaking of old pe- old people, a former Buccaneers player has faith in this 2023 Buccaneers squad, and we're going to talk about that next. Coming up here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and the calories, and you need the best tasting protein bar ever. That's built. You got to try this. Built bars are healthy and they taste amazing. They taste so amazing. You're not even going to realize they're good for you while you're devouring them. They're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate and come in unbelievably amazing flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. They taste like candy bars, but they contain amazing macros, bringing you just 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, but packing 17 grams of protein. And the best part is you can get them at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or to your door via Built.com. Head to your nearest Walmart today and find four-bar boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate, and coconut puffs. Or if you're near a Sam's Club, head on in there and get a 13-bar box of brownie batter puff and churro puff. Or you can go to Built.com right now and get in on the return of coconut brownie chunk puff. However you do it, however you get it, go to Built.com. Get yourself some Built Bars. You got to try this. Thanks again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen today and every day. And a special thanks again to our everydayers coming through here consistently, just like we tried to come through consistently for you. Uh, just like Gerald McCoy at one time in his life came through consistently for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of the best Tampa Bay Buccaneers during his time with the Pewter Pirates. Uh, no longer a part of the team, but he has not forgotten where he came from. And he is about the only person that is technically on the national stage. Although I don't know if Gerald McCoy has made it past like probationary period of national media status, but uh, for right now he's national media status. So we're going to run with it because he's the only national media person given any love uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers recently guest hosting on good morning football and on NFL network. Gerald McCoy said among other things, quote, I still believe that we will take that division. 
Gerald McCoy said of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for whom he no longer plays for. Y'all may not believe, but I believe it. Batman is all on board, James. Uh, so that brings up an interesting topic because we've talked a lot about how the national media does not respect the Buccaneers. They don't respect Baker Mayfield. And they think basically that this team is just cruising for Caleb Williams. And I know there's some Bucks fans that support that theory and, and they want that to be what happens and that's fine. But we have been on the record very adamantly for various reasons saying that the Buccaneers are not going to be as bad as everybody seems to think they are. Evan Klosky doesn't seem to think the Buccaneers are going to be as bad as everybody thinks they are. Logan Robinson doesn't think that the Buccaneers are going to be as bad as everybody thinks they are. Matt Matera certainly is on that train as well. But we haven't really talked about whether or not we're on the same level as Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy says we will take that division. James, will the Buccaneers win the NFC South? Are you Batman bold or are you Superman soft? Will, I just came up with that, by the way. Will the Buccaneers win the NFC South? Do you agree with this national media member? Well, and I I didn't see the the context in which that was said is there a way that Gerald McCoy can like backtrack out of this and he and he can play it off as well I was a Carolina Panther too and we won the division anyway uh I'm not I'm not Batman bold I'm not Superman soft I'm like Wolverine wavering um <laughs> I like it I like it I I, I truly 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 believe that the Buccaneers can win this division based on the teams within the division, based on the schedule. I believe the Buccaneers can win the NFC South. If I have to make it a decisive decision right now, today, May 25th, I say, no, they do not win the division. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. I mean, you know, can the Buccaneers win the NFC South? Sure, absolutely. Uh, right now, I put the I put the Buccaneers second. Like if, on yep. paper, if this game was played on paper, I put the Buccaneers second behind the New Orleans Saints, yep. and I put them ahead of the Atlanta Falcons, and then I put the Carolina Panthers last because, uh, look, I, I'm not going to give Bryce Young credit for things he hasn't done yet. You know what I mean? And Desmond Ritter, uh, I'm not saying he's Wait. the greatest quarterback ever. Hold up. Can we all just take a second to appreciate the fact that I didn't Dave say CJ Harrison on the first try named the correct Carolina Panther rookie quarterback. Bravo. Hey, all right. I don't want to hear it. I don't hear it. <laughs> I'm not going to give Bryce Young credit for things he hasn't done yet. And look, Desmond Ritter hasn't done anything either, but he at least has a year of NFL tutelage and, and, and studying sure. and some play experience under his belt. Right. So I'm going to give the Atlanta Falcons the edge there. Plus they've got a wicked mad run game, uh, which the Carolina Panthers do not have the Carolina Panthers. As far as I'm concerned, don't even have weapons. For their new number one overall quarter like this is a totally different topic by the time the carolina panthers put a roster around bryce young that he can actually win with they're gonna have to pay bryce young mm-hmm. you know what i mean likely top quarterback money because his agent's gonna say hey it's not our fault you haven't given him the tools anyway that's a different discussion for a different show <laughs> but yeah i think the bucks could win the nfc south i'm not gonna say they will win the nfc south um uh, but i don't think it's a slam dunk in any direction so i appreciate Gerald mccoy's brazen you know claims there um yeah and and you know i'm i'm tongue-in-cheek talking about the we i mean he obviously has the right to say we more than uh anybody on on this show and and most likely anybody listening to this show so it's just you know it's just me poking fun because i'm i'm a silly guy sometimes but he didn't just come on and say that the bucks are gonna win the division he also gave some reasons one of those reasons is what 
Baker Mayfield has to work with here because obviously he thinks that Baker is going to be the starting quarterback. And he said, quote, Baker's going to have to lean heavily on somebody I believe is very underrated, is a very underrated wide receiver in history, Mike Evans. He's been a model of consistency, and they're going back to a time where you had to actually find different ways to try and win instead of saying, hey, we have number 12 on our team, end quote. So that brings up another interesting topic, James, that we're going to talk about here. Where do Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask rank in the history of Mike Evans quarterbacks? Now, we all know that Mike Evans, I mean, no NFL receiver has had as many thousand yard seasons to start their NFL career as Mike Evans has. And some people say, well, yeah, but that's because of injury. Well, hey, dude, staying healthy is important in, in playing football. So Mike Evans, like that's not a detraction. That's actually still a benefit for him. And Mike has been injured as well and played injured uh, yeah, to get some of these thousand yard seasons. So here's here's the quarterbacks, just 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 for those who don't remember. Whew. Josh McCown, Mike Glennon, Jameis Winston, who, you know, look, calm down, Seminoles fans. Okay, up and down, got it. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who outside of like three games, uh, and Tom Brady. Okay, greatest ever. Got it. <laughs> so we're gonna put we're gonna put Baker and Kyle in this list together because it's a quarterback competition. We don't know which one of them is starting, but Let's pretend both of them are starting. Where do you rank them? But start with one and let's go to seven. Where do you rank the Mike Evans quarterbacks in uh, his historic run as a thousand yard receiver? Number one, obviously, Napoleon, Dynamite, Napoleon Dynamite himself, Mike Glennon. No, uh, number one is, is Tom Brady. Uh, yeah. At number two, I do have Jameis Winston and our everydayers who have been around for a long time, know my feelings on Jameis Winston and, and know how frustrated I was with him at, at the end of his tenure with the Buccaneers. But yep. give the man his due. When he was on, he was on. It was fantastic. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, exciting. Number three, I, I have Baker Mayfield right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I do think Baker could move up ahead of Jameis Winston. I do think he could fall down to like six or seven on this list. Yeah, there's... You, you just don't know what could happen. But I would say sheer talent, I, I think he deserves to be number three before even suiting up for the Bucs. Number four, Fitz Magic. Um, that was a really fun run. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and the beard and, and all of that. Uh, then I have Josh McCown, who he was bad. And then I have Kyle Trask, who I think is basically on par with Josh McCown. Prove me wrong, Kyle. Prove me wrong. Yeah. I'll eat my crow. Uh, and then uh, after Kyle Trask, I have Mike Lennon, who was just awful. He wasn't bad. He was awful. Yeah. All right. So my turn. Uh, I had the exact same ranking. And listen, we talk every day as we've talked about this. We <laughs> like to do this to where we don't know what each other is doing. I filled out my rankings. And then on our document, I highlighted, I, I turned my text white so that James couldn't see my text. He did his list. I revealed my list. We have the exact same rankings, which means it's infallible. It's perfect. This is the rankings of Mike Evans uh, quarterbacks. Uh, Gerald wasn't done. However, he also said, quote, they got Rashad White at running back. Go Sun Devils. He didn't say that. I said that uh, he made a big jump last year as a rookie. They still have Chris Godwin. But then he doubled down on the Mike Evans. But Mike Evans is going to play an integral role on this offense. In this offense, man, they're going to have to lean heavily on Mike. End quote. James, final question, segment two. Will Mike Evans hit 1,000 yards? And does it matter if he does it in 16 or 17 games? 
Uh, well, and real quick, Devonte Adams, his fellow class of of 2014 uh, mm-hmm. wide receiver, came out and said he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. Like he's he's getting praise for people. Um, yes, Mike Evans will still hit 1,000 yards this season, and no, it doesn't matter if it's 16 or 17 games. All you can do is play the NFL season, and you know what? If people want to whine and complain, oh, well, it took Mike 17 games. Yeah, well, go back and look at how many times he did it in 13, in 14, in 15. So you average it out, and he's 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 still good. But you you play the schedule. You play the schedule. It doesn't matter uh, you know, anymore whether it takes 16 or 17. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think yes. If if Mike Evans can get a thousand yards with Fitzmagic, Josh McCown, and Mike Glennon, he can get a thousand yards with Baker Mayfield. Um, if it's Kyle Trask, uh, you know, we'll talk about that later. But um, and no, it, does, it absolutely doesn't matter. It's Kyle Trask because two thousand yards. It's two thousand yards. Because listen, because we're just throwing it to Mike Evans every. It doesn't. Mike Evans is gonna have thirty catches a game. Um, and no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, like, you know, I, I understand that people will say, well, you know, it used to be, you know, da, 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 whatever, whatever. But um, that's that's an old man's problem, honestly, because so, like in the in the in the chronicles of history, nobody's ever going to put an asterisk on how many games they played uh, because I got news for anybody like the NFL season wasn't always 16 games either. So um, interesting stuff there, James. We've got a little bit more to talk about here. This isn't as interesting as much as it is disappointing. Uh, Russell Gage is injured yet again. That is next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Wrapping things up here on a Friday edition of the Locked on Bucks podcast. Shout out to all of our everydayers and those of you who strive to be everydayers. David, I got a DM from somebody over across the pond talking about the, the Thursday night football discussion that we had. And he said, you know, my brother and I are, are planning to come, you know, over there for a Thursday game. Well, now we have to we have to book our trip to also encapsulate the weekend just in case. But he referred to himself as a most dayer. Most dayer. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, I you mean, know, I'm, I'm appreciate everything. We'll get them up to an everydayer, but we appreciate yeah. our everydayers, our most dayers, and those that are just now joining us. You know, we we love each and every one of you. But there is something uh, a wee bit concerning outside of of Thursday night flex scheduling. Mm. And I realize it's May. So we're not hitting the panic button yet. We're not sounding the alarms. We're not, you know, completely freaking out. But we do need to talk about Russell Gage. Because when Baker Mayfield spoke to the media on Tuesday, he mentioned that Gage was not at OTAs because of an injury he suffered. This is a guy that suffered from and played through multiple injuries last season in his first year with the Buccaneers. And again, our everydayers know how excited I was about the acquisition of Russell Gage. I I knew what he could bring as a receiver. I was excited to see him in the offense. And, you know, now he's, he's missing his first opportunity to come in and work with a new quarterback. And is it time to start looking at Russell Gage as a liability rather than an asset. Um, he, he's not a liability, right? Because to, so for me, and this could be a, a term of semantics, right? To be a liability, you have to be somebody that causes a problem for your team. Now, his not being on the field is a problem for the team. 
But I don't honestly put that on Russell Gage. I put that on Jason Light and Todd Bowles. Not that Russell Gage is not on the field, but that the fact that Russell Gage isn't on the field is a problem for this team because it's only a problem because you didn't anticipate it and you didn't prepare for it, right? And when I, when I, when I look at this, like, look, I wasn't as, as excited about Russell Gage coming to the Bucs as you were, granted, but I saw the upside. I saw the potential, and I was hopeful for what might happen. And some some people will look at the stat box. They will he do played in 13 games. He only missed four games. That's, you know, it's not great, but there's not it's not as bad as it maybe sounds. But in that process, he only played 58 percent of the offensive snaps for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last season in a league where right now, nowadays, your third receiver is mostly considered a starter. So yeah. if you got a guy that's playing a position that's considered a starter, you're playing 58 percent of the snaps. That's not good. He played the third or the second fewest snaps he's played since he became a starter in the National Football League. He didn't start a game in his rookie year in 2018, but he started four in 2019 for the Atlanta Falcons. He started four in 2022 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And in that season, he played 516 in 2019, that is. And then he played 762, 612, 529. This guy is on a downward spiral, and it's nothing against him. Uh, we've had this discussion before. Sometimes your body doesn't agree with your career choices. If that's what's going on with Russell Gage, I feel for him. I really do because he's definitely an NFL caliber talent. He's a good young wide receiver. Never heard anything bad about him as far as locker room presence, off-field incidents, something like that. So I definitely feel for the young man. But from a team standpoint, and we talked about this, you have to draft based on what you have, not mm -hmm. based on what you hope you're going to get. And the Buccaneers basically came in there and, and hoped that they were going to get a healthy Russell Gage because they let Scotty Miller walk. And the only people they brought in are Trey Palmer, which I understand there is some upside there, but this is a six round draft pick. Like you're not looking at a six round pick as your number three receiver. They brought in Cade Warner, who uh, I'm not going to talk about because I don't want to be mean. Rakeem Jarrett. You know what I mean? I, I like Rakeem because I, you know, he's, he's in kind of in my area. I'm familiar with Maryland Terrapins football. So I like Rakeem, but again, not a number three receiver, but if you don't have Russell Gage, your options are Trey Palmer, Rakeem Jarrett, Devin Tompkins, or Kalen Geiger. None of those guys are ready to be a starting wide receiver in the National Football League. They're just not. So, you know, the, the flip side of this conversation is, okay, but where where do you get rid of a guy? You know what I mean? And that's just kind of another conversation about just the state of this roster. Cody Mock, like, do you want to get rid of Cody Malk? No, you don't want to get rid of Cody Malk because behind him, you don't have a lot of, you know, superb, I guess, talents, right? Kalijah Kansi, you need that defensive line presence. Yaya Diaby, you need that outside. Like, if I had to pick a guy, it would probably be Yaya, but I don't want to give Yaya back for another guy. But if I get Josh Palmer out of North Carolina in here instead of Yaya Diaby, and I don't, you know, I don't have the ranking or the draft pick order in front of me. Maybe Josh Palmer was gone uh, by that time. But I just, we talked about the needs for this team entering the NFL draft. I had wide receiver a little bit higher than some people did. This is why, because if you draft based on what you have, you have two receivers and a bunch of special teams guys with potentials. That's what the Buccaneers with potential. I don't know why I made that plural. Uh, but that's what the Buccaneers should have drafted based off of. They didn't draft based off of that because I think any NFL team with the needs that they had and the fact that you only have two receivers that you can really count on, I think you you draft you have to draft a receiver in the first five rounds. Uh, they didn't do that, and you know uh, I don't. Again, like you said it's not time to hit the panic button, and that's what it sounds like I'm doing. I get that, but. If this Russell Gage injury situation creeps up again the way that it did already last year and the way that it has in the last three years of his career, this is going to be a problem. Yeah, it it certainly is. And and maybe, you know, Gage ends up being fine. And maybe he plays 
<clears throat> maybe he plays 70 plus percent of, of snaps this season. And, and everyone saw when he was on the field and being utilized, how, how much he could bring to the team. And he took some Absolutely. vicious, vicious shots. And he's one of these guys that's not scared to go over the middle. You know, he's not, he's not scared of the contact. Um, and, and he made some incredible catches, but I mean, yeah, it would have been nice to to draft a guy because it's not that there aren't experienced wide receivers out there that the Buccaneers could probably sign for cheap. I mean, Kenny Galladay could could Dave Canales really revitalize Kenny Galladay? Probably not. I, I it would <laughs> it would take a lot, but I mean. If you remember Kenny Galladay from the Lions, there's a reason the Giants gave him a ton of money, and it was because he yeah. was so good. Um, yeah. You know, you got Byron Pringle, Nikhil Harry, uh, Brashad Perryman is is still floating out there. Would he come back? Um, so, uh, Olden Boston. Yeah, I mean, look, none of those guys are as dynamic, but I mean, they're they're better than what you have. Right. I mean, Kenny Galladay maybe not, but the other guys are at least better. Than what you have, you know, currently facing you as your who's gonna be your number three uh receiver. By the way, Darius Davis, wide receiver at TCU, who also by the way has return ability, was available when the Buccaneers took Yaya Diaby. And again, nothing against Yaya, but you, you know, like I said, if you look at this receiver group the way that we just discussed it, and you look at the outside linebacker group, I think the need for for a receiver outweighs the need for an outside linebacker. I know this team was was hyper focused on on getting uh getting getting better in the pass rush, but you have to look at your team holistically. Trey Tucker, wide receiver out of Cincinnati, uh was also available when uh when when the Buccaneers took Yaya Diaby. Both those guys coming in as a number four option, solid, good. Coming in as a number three option, not great, but again, better than what they have right now. Yeah, it'll, we're going to have to, obviously, again, it's May. We're going to have to see how all of this shakes out. But it is it is worth noting that this could be a lingering issue. This could be a, a serious concern heading into the season. And, and like we talked about way back in the day with O.J. Howard, and, and you mentioned it here, you know, sometimes your body doesn't agree with your, your career choice. And it, I think it's also worth noting that a lot of Gage's issues have been soft tissue issues now we don't know what his injury is that baker was referencing but we're not going to be privy right. to that information because the buccaneers don't have to share it so unless yeah. russell gage comes out and talks about it we're not going to know but a lot of his a lot of his injuries that he was dealing with and playing through and and missing time with last year were were soft tissue injuries so hopefully it's much to do about nothing and russell gage is is going to tear it up and and have 750 yards and six touchdowns and and you know convert you know uh the the most third downs on the team and and we're going to be singing his praises and doing the russell gage dance i haven't made it up yet but we'll figure one out if we need to but david we'll that is going to do it for this episode we want to thank everybody we're talking about practice we are talking about practice not a game not a game not a game all right, I, I will keep going with that for the next five minutes. We want to thank all of you for making Locked on Bucks your first listen or view every day. Shout out to our everydayers. Shout out to our most dayers striving to be everydayers. We love each and every one of you. If you guys have thoughts, ideas, questions, topics, anything at all, 
Of course, you can send those in to LockedOnBucksPodcast.gmail.com or DM us on Twitter at LockedOnBucks. Check out all of David's work. You can't see my hand when I do it that way. Check out all of David's work over on BucksGameDay.com and follow him on Twitter at DHarrison82. Check out my work over at BucksNation.com. Follow me at JRCO underscore Bucks. And of course, follow the show at LockedOnBucks. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. We thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.